Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. Hello and welcome in Thursday edition of the program, complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. We are inching closer to the first Indiana football game of the season. That is obviously a big thing here as we get ready to start Hoosier football. Excited about Big Ten football this weekend. A first look at all the teams in the conference after uh, no Big Ten teams in week zero a week ago. So glad that's here. High school football, the weather should be perfect on Friday night. Uh, Should be a lot of fun for that. Some interesting storylines beginning to develop with the high school football scene. And probably the biggest news we have today is Romeo Lankford, former New Albany great who went to Indiana, uh, is going to get at least another shot in the NBA with the Utah Jazz. It was announced yesterday. We'll tell you more about what's called an Exhibit 10 deal that Romeo has inked with the Jazz coming up a little bit later today. But definitely good to see that. He is at least going to get an opportunity to uh, make a team, to make the Jazz, and uh, I think it's a good spot for him to see what he can do. Of course, there's a connection there at Utah that we'll tell you about with Danny Ainge, who was part of the reason that uh, the Boston Celtics initially drafted Romeo. But good news for him, and we'll see where it leads to, but more on Romeo Langford coming up today as well. Let's look at the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Tam in New Albany, segment one. Here in just a moment, we'll have our Hoosier headlines, a summary of the day's top IU and Southern Indiana sports news, and we'll start with Romeo. We'll get into a couple IU football notes and a few other items here as we work our way through segment one. Later today, Alex Bozich, InsideTheHall.com, is with us. We always talk the latest in IU basketball with Alex, and right now, recruiting is at the forefront. We are getting to that period where... We're not too far off from practices. This is the last day of August. Uh, We have September ahead. Hoosier hysteria will be here before you know it. The start of official practices uh, will be here before you know it. We are on the cusp of the preseason right now. But recruiting is really driving the needle, especially for Indiana. Lots of visits set up over the next month or so, including this weekend. Some young guys will be on campus for the IU-Ohio State game. There's a couple big weekends ahead, the what September 8th weekend. That's a humongous weekend in 2024 recruiting for the Hoosiers with Liam McNeely and the crew from Montverde. A lot of those guys going to be on campus. So some interesting recruiting discussions ahead 
as we see where Indiana turns and maybe what commitments they could get coming up a little bit later in the fall. Uh, so we'll talk about some of that with Alex when he is with us today as well. And with Alex, you know we'll get into Romeo. I know uh, Alex has uh, followed Romeo since his time at New Albany, obviously to IU and the NBA. And Alex keeps up with the NBA as well. He can tell us about uh, what he sees uh, at Utah, the opportunities that could be there for Romeo Langford uh, if he is able to make the team. He's got a tryout, essentially, is what he has, and the Jazz have his rights to a great extent. I'll try to explain Exhibit 10 uh, contract the best I can coming up, but that's what we know, and that's what we'll talk with Alex about a little bit later today. Later in the show today, uh, really thrilled to have Mark Riley with us on the program. Mark, a longtime former tennis coach at Jeffersonville High School, Hall of Fame coach in our state when it comes to tennis. He, I've learned, uh, did so much not just at Jeff High School with tennis, but really for the area. And it's awesome to see the Mark Riley Tennis Center on the campus of Jeffersonville High School be unveiled last week. Um, it's still a couple things on the punch list that need to be done, uh, but it is really first class. And I got a chance to go through the facility on Monday night with Coach Riley and just makes sense to have him on, to recognize him for all that he's done here in the area, to see this beautiful facility uh, bear his name. And then once we get through the tennis stuff in the new facility with Coach Riley, I want to talk a little bit about pickleball. It's come up from time to time here on the show. And if you know me, you know I love pickleball. And uh, Coach Riley is really doggone good at pickleball. He's teaching a lot of people how to play the game the right way. He's a great player himself, which makes sense given his strong tennis background. But uh, pickleball is exploding across the country. And I don't have any data to back it up like they do on a national level. But it seems to really be exploding in Louisville and the surrounding area. I mean, every park, every person, they want to play pickleball. They want to know more about it. It is catching on old, young, senior citizens, high school kids, people really getting into it. And it's enjoyable. It's fun. It's very addictive because you uh, see yourself get better the more you play, the more you give it some effort. So we'll get a little pickleball conversation in with Coach Riley a little bit later in the hour. At least that's my plan as well after we recognize him on the debut of the Mark Riley Tennis Center at Jeffersonville High School. That's the lineup for today, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Uh, why not try Honey Baked Ham uh, in New Albany for a delicious lunch today? They've got great sandwiches, salads, and soups that are made fresh daily, and they will surely satisfy any craving you may have. You may even find something else to take home as they have a variety of dinner packages. Give Honey Baked Ham in New Albany a try. I think you'll be glad that you did. Also, the Thornton's text line is open. You got a question, a comment, are you excited about IU football, a week three high school football prediction? Maybe you played tennis for Coach Mark Riley. You want to give him a shout out. Whatever it may be, send us a text, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. That's what we call the Thornton's text line here on the show. And if you're looking for an icy, cold thirst quencher to keep your day going in the right direction, right now at Thornton's, all 32-ounce fountain drinks and smaller are only 89 cents. You heard it right, only 89 cents. So come in today and grab a fountain drink from Thornton's and send me a text. Again, the number, one more time, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Romeo Langford to the Utah Jazz. 
Interesting connection there. Obviously, Danny Ainge was with the Celtics when Romeo was drafted by Boston. Now, Danny Ainge is in the front office with the Utah Jazz. So, an interesting situation there. Here's what a Exhibit 10 contract is. All the reports that have come out about Romeo uh, describe that he has ex- he has signed an Exhibit 10 agreement. So, basically, and I'm paraphrasing here from hoopsrumors.com. They have a glossary of NBA terms you need to know. Exhibit 10 contract is one of those terms. It says, quote, after the NBA's biggest name free agents come off the board, many teams shift their focus to filling out their training camp rosters. Teams can only carry 15 players on NBA contracts plus three on two-way deals, two-way meaning with the G League during the regular season, but their maximum roster size increases to 21 players in the offseason, allowing clubs to bring a few extra players to camp to audition for space on the regular season roster or a spot on the team's G League affiliate. So essentially, right now, it's a tryout with the Jazz for Romeo Langford. They have 21 players. I believe they have 21. They can have no more than that at this time. He's trying to get in the top 15 of that to stay with the Jazz for the upcoming season and perhaps get another deal. Um, he then, if does if he does not get one of those 21 spots, could be assigned to the Jazz's G League affiliate, uh, which I believe is also in Salt Lake City. I have to look that up. Uh, the story goes on to say, quote, many of those players will sign a contract with an Exhibit 10 clause introduced in the NBA's 2017 Collective Bargaining Agreement. Exhibit 10 contracts are one-year deals worth a minimum salary. They don't come with any compensation protection, but can include an optional bonus worth as little as $5,000 in 2023-24 and as much as $75,000. So it goes on to read, let's say an undrafted rookie signs an Exhibit 10 contract Exhibit 10 contract with the Jazz that includes a 75K bonus. He attends camp with the Jazz, but it's way before the regular season begins with USAL designating him an affiliate player in order to retain his G League rights. In that scenario, if a rookie elects to play in the G League for the Salt Lake City Stars, which that is the G League affiliate of the Jazz, and remains with that club for 60 days, he'd be entitled to the full $75,000 bonus. There's another scenario, and let's see if this is about a rookie or not. I think this is about rookies, so I'm not going to bore you with that. But definitely an interesting situation and definitely an opportunity for Romeo. So does he make the Jazz roster? Does he go to Salt Lake to the G League affiliate? It looks like he's got some sort of future coming up this season with the Jazz, and we'll talk more about this coming up a little bit later with Alex Bozich. But that is the latest with Romeo Langford. A lot of people wondering, would he get another opportunity? Where would that opportunity be? He's got an opportunity with the Jazz to try and make their 15-man roster for the upcoming NBA season. So that's something to follow. And keep in mind, it's August 31st. I don't have the timeline in front of me, but it's not long until NBA teams get underway as far as their training camps and tryouts and preseason camps and practices because, you know, October things are rolling with the NBA and uh, preseason and exhibition games. So um, it's got to begin here soon at some point in the month of September. So Romeo is going to be a busy dude seeing if he can land a space on the uh, Utah Jazz roster for the upcoming season. And Romeo is one of those guys, maybe he gets a spot on the Jazz roster 
Maybe not. But as long as he gets an opportunity to be involved with an NBA franchise, I think he's somebody that could go to the G League if necessary, maybe be a star, maybe be a standout for Salt Lake City, maybe work his way back to the Jazz if there were to be an injury or something of that nature comes up. So this is definitely good for Romeo. We'll see how good and how it works out for him in the coming month or two. Also, IU football for the weekend. Still unknown who their quarterback is going to be. A lot of guessing going on right now by IU fans and IU media, but we'll find out just before kickoff in that Ohio State game on Saturday. Of course, we expect Ohio State to play a couple quarterbacks as well, and it's possible that Indiana plays a couple quarterbacks. Maybe the starter that we finally learn who it is on Saturday plays a few possessions or a quarter, and then there's a switch. Uh, So we'll see how things go. But I think the Ohio State game... And unfortunately for Indiana, how the game could go in the fashion that Ohio State might not just win but blow away Indiana, it could be a chance to almost give both quarterbacks an opportunity to kind of try out in a regular season game and see who does well against the Ohio State defense. So we'll see. But one thing we do know is that true freshman Brock Lowry will serve as the Hoosiers' third-string quarterback to open the season. Tom Allen said that last night on his radio show, his weekly show, by the way, is carried here on the Big X. Uh, Lowry is uh, one of three healthy quarterbacks currently on the roster. Of course, redshirt freshman Taven Jackson, who a lot of people think will be the starter on Saturday, and then also Brendan Soresby uh, battling for the job this offseason. Dexter Williams the third, he's an intriguing guy. He's there, but he is still injured after the uh, season-ending injury a year ago. So not a lot to report on IU football as we get closer to the start date, but definitely uh, a, a little bit there with uh, what you can expect this weekend. But as I've said all along, what a tough opener for the Hoosiers coming up on Saturday. Also, uh, another in-state name to know. I've seen a couple write-ups on a player named Desmond Briscoe. He's in-state. He's the class of 2025, so he's a junior as high school basketball gets underway this year. He is at Crispus Attucks High School in Indianapolis. He averaged 15 points, 11 rebounds, and four blocks per game as a sophomore. He was named the co-player of the year as far as the city uh, schools go in Indianapolis. And he's six foot eight, uh, power forward, maybe a small forward, a small center. I mean, uh, that can also drop out on the perimeter as well and play some out there. He is set, according to Mike Schumann with the Daily Hoosier, to attend the Hoosier Hysteria event, which is a kickoff to the season for. IU basketball on October 20th, and it looks like he's also going to take uh, another visit at uh, IU as well coming up soon also. He's got offers from Butler, Cincinnati, and Iowa at this point, and he's got a lot of schools interested. Indiana, one of those schools, Ohio State, Purdue, Michigan State, Notre Dame, and others. So he's another in-state name to know. Another in-state name to watch as we start to get ready for high school basketball this upcoming season. That's a look at our headlines for this Thursday edition of the program. Thornton's text line is open. That number, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. If you have a text on the Thornton's text line, now's a good time to get it in. 502-414-1450. To a commercial break we go. Alex Bozich of Inside the Hall is next. Presented by Todd Coleman's Classic Furniture. And don't forget, Mark Riley, former Jeffersonville tennis coach, the new 
brand new and top-notch facility on the Jeff campus will bear his name, the Mark Riley Tennis Center. He'll join us a little bit later to talk about that honor and more coming up here on this Thursday show. Stay with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You f***ed it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, we're back on this Thursday edition of the show. Alex Bozich of Inside the Hall, always my guest in this segment on Thursdays. And this segment is brought to you each week by Todd Coleman's Classic Furniture, where you can save 25% during their pre-grand opening sale at all three locations. They've got two in downtown New Albany and their newest location on Veterans Parkway in Jeffersonville. Alex, the big headline today from an IU perspective and from a local perspective here in southern Indiana is that Romeo Langford has got an opportunity coming his way as the NBA season nears with the Utah Jazz. Yeah, it was something we've talked about, Matt, for what the past couple of months, kind of wondering what was going to happen with Romeo, and I was happy to see that news come out yesterday. Obviously, um, I try to stay as impartial uh, as I can when covering IU basketball, but given that I'm from New Albany and uh, root for other people from New Albany, I make an exception uh, with Romeo and that, you know, I'm actively rooting for him to get a, you know, another chance in the NBA. So I was very excited to see that he's going to have a chance to go to training camp with Utah. Uh, so it's a franchise that very much in a kind of rebuilding state. Uh, last year, I think they, maybe overperformed a little bit to what most people thought, and but it kind of faded down the stretch. Obviously, they've uh, gathered a bunch of lottery picks for the future, and the, the connection here, obviously, is the fact that, that Danny Ainge is now heading up the front office in Utah, and he is the one who was responsible for drafting Romeo out of college and bringing him to Boston. So uh, it sounds like to me that it's, a, it's more of a training camp deal, so there's no guarantee that he makes the roster. But my understanding also with the Exhibit 10 contract is if he doesn't make the opening night roster and another team doesn't pick him up, then uh, his rights for the G League would go to Utah. So I don't necessarily think it would be the worst thing in the world for Romeo to have to go to the G League and get some, some playing time. I, the one thing that's just kind of frustrating me is uh, I've watched his pro career is uh, and seem like he's ever really had a consistent role, so to speak. So uh, I think he just needs to play and stay healthy. And I think at that point, if he can do that, I think his talent will ultimately shine through and have an opportunity to, to latch on somewhere full, uh, in a more full-time role, hopefully make an NBA rotation here. He's still only 23, which is hard to believe. Yeah, crazy. Romeo Langford to the Jazz, and you did a good job summing up, I guess, an Exhibit 10 contract and what that means for Romeo Langford. You know, he's had so many injuries, and he's had some bad breaks, it seems. I know a lot of people still think back to those days at New Albany where he was an elite-level player, 
Things at Indiana mm-hmm. maybe didn't go his way. I know a lot of people still say, why was he always put over into the corner in Archie Miller's offense? And, of course, he had some dings and injuries while in Bloomington as well. But if he's playing and he's loose and he's healthy, Alex, I think he's got a chance. Yeah, I mean, Matt, you would know better than I about how healthy he was towards the end of his high school career. But that, you know, I, I watched – I've gone back and watched some video from earlier in his senior year at New Albany. He was really shooting the ball from the perimeter at a really high level. And I don't know when he got hurt necessarily, but for the time that he, something was wrong with his wrist, uh, I think it was later in the New Albany season, and then obviously um, going into his time at IU, he never really, I didn't feel like, got a similar stroke. And I think that, really limited his ceiling in the NBA because he was a guy when he was playing at his at his best, you know, he was a guy that you could count on the score from everywhere and he was, you know, making three pointers, getting to the mid range, getting to the rim and that's really what made him such an incredible offensive talent. And when that three point shot fell off, he was a little bit more predictable to guard and I think that was what he really needed to have come back in the NBA. It just hasn't materialized. So it's uh you know I think a lot of it has had to do with, with bad luck, you know, from talking to some people. And in retrospect, I don't necessarily think that Boston was the best place for him to go. Obviously, it was a team that was trying to win right away. And as a lottery pick, that's not usually a, a situation that you're going to. Playing with guys like Jason Tatum and Jason uh, and Jalen Brown, you're not really going to get the opportunity to, to showcase your offensive talent. And he was more of just a role guy there. Then when he went to San Antonio, I just um, – you know, we talked about this too before. Uh, it was really, you know, I watched a lot of NBA last season, and I couldn't really figure out on a night-to-night basis what his role was. One night he'd play 30, 35 minutes, and the next night he wouldn't get off the bench. So, um, you know, I just, more than anything else, just want to see him get that opportunity uh, to play. Um, it seems to me that since San Antonio uh, released him this offseason, you look at his social media, uh, there's been nothing uh, – you know, it seems like he's just had his head down, getting to work, and he's hungry uh, to get a chance to play again. So hopefully, uh, we're going to look back on this as just kind of a minor setback for him, uh, having to kind of earn his way back into the league. But uh, he's not a guy that, from a talent perspective, that I would ever bet against. Because I think, in terms of talent, being able to score the ball, he's one. I still maintain he's one of the best I've ever seen, at least at the high school level. Alex Bozich inside the hall of this segment brought to you by Todd Coleman's Classic Furniture. You know, I've seen a couple reports, stories, articles out in Utah introducing Romeo to the fans there, and they mention him as a defensive stopper, a defensive player, and that's kind of interesting. At New Albany, he was such an offensive threat. Defense never was necessarily a standout for him, but in the NBA and some of the opportunities he's had, he does have a reputation of being uh, a defensive guy that you can count on. Yeah, he, um, I think he always had that, but maybe in high school he had to do so much that maybe he didn't uh, lock in as much as he was capable of at all times. And you're playing the whole game, every game, and you're the center of attention. you got to have a little bit of a break. Uh, in college, I thought he was excellent defensively. Um, and then it's kind of tra- translated, too, to the NBA I, mean, I think that's kind of why he earned the role that he did early in his career in Boston was it wasn't because he was shooting 
at a high level because the three point percentage, if you look at it, was was very poor. But it was he was able to grasp concepts defensively uh, and able to use his athleticism and his length to really make an impact on that end. And unfortunately, I mean, when you're fighting and clawing to get back into the league, uh, I don't think the opportunity is going to be there for Romeo in the NBA to kind of have his uh, run of things in terms of his offensive talent and how to, there's not going to be an NBA team that's going to make him the centerpiece of the offense. So he's going to have to stand out in, in some other ways, and I think that's doing the little things like playing defense and uh, you know, understanding positioning where to be on the court, and it's it's, it's a, I'm sure it's an adjustment for him because you know I've, I've you know he's a man of few words, and I don't know if he even ever talk about this, but you know he's he's been looked at for such a long time as you know a can't miss star going into the NBA, and I'm sure you know people have told him for a long time that you know you're going to be great in the NBA and all that, but. It's it's human nature when maybe that doesn't pan out to, to second guess yourself or uh, to have to readjust your expectations and really for the probably the first time in Romeo's career as a basketball player he he experienced some setbacks in the NBA right it wasn't he wasn't the man he wasn't the guy at all times and uh, I think there's probably a it's human nature um, you know you look at the NBA there's 40 or 50 guys who are stars all-star level superstar level player everybody else fills a role right and for him he's going to have to figure out what his role is and how he can best help a team and uh, you can make a lot of money in the NBA if you can stick around for a long time and uh, I think he's going to have to embrace doing those little things and being uh, the best version of whatever the franchise uh, that that he's with wants him to be and uh, we'll see if he's able to do it Talking with uh, Alex Bozich inside the hall. Romeo Langford uh, to the Jazz is uh, starting our conversation out here mm-hmm. on this Thursday program. Alex, I want to get into some other IU basketball stuff. And right now, recruiting is the name of the game. Indiana has lots of visits lined up this month. You had a big story on Inside the Hall recently that recaps who is going to be in Bloomington on what weekends. And I'm sure the could even be some additions to what we know at this point. It looks like, Alex, it starts off with some young guys in this weekend, some key 2025 players like Jalen Harrelson, who's now at LaPorte Lalamere. And then as the month goes on, some really big names in 2024 that Indiana's, I think, hoping to get multiple commitments perhaps from here later this fall. Yeah, this weekend, obviously, kicking off, uh, no pun intended there for recruiting season, but it's football season and Indiana's going to have Ohio State coming to town on Saturday afternoon, and what better way to uh, get a you know a nice atmosphere to bring some recruits on campus than having a program like Ohio State coming to town? So, from an IU basketball perspective, maybe one of those situations where you come for the you bring the recruits to the tailgates and bring them there. Maybe you stay there for the first quarter or so, and depending on how the game's going, you take them back over to. Uh, to assembly call, uh, hall or cook hall and uh, entertain them from there. But, yeah, they're going to have uh, three really high-level prospects coming on the campus uh, this weekend, and Jalen Harrelson, uh, Darius Adams, and uh, Malachi Moreno, who are all ranked in the top 60, I believe, in the class of 2025. And then, as you mentioned, this weekend is when it really kind of heats up from the 2024 perspective when they'll welcome the three uh, Mount Verde Academy uh, teammates, Curtis Givens the third, 
Liam McNeely and Derek Queen. And then the schedule just kind of never doesn't really let up in September. They're going to have Austin Swartz on campus, who's kind of in the midst of his official visit tour. And then at the end of the month, um, they're going to have the highly counter, uh, highly acclaimed wing from down at, uh, down in Arkansas, Anora Botang, who's going to be on on campus as well. So really busy month. Um, if I was an IU fan, I wouldn't get too discouraged if you don't see a commitment or two this month. But uh, you know, I think by the time the calendar switches to late October, early November, uh, I'd be surprised if Indiana hasn't uh, gotten a couple commitments at least from this class. So busy time coming up, and obviously a lot to look forward to also in September with the, the start of practice uh, towards the close of the month. Where do you stand on Liam McNeely? There were some reports a week or so ago that – Indiana was the leader for him, and then shortly after that, it came out he's going to add some additional visits, one to Kansas coming up this weekend, the other to Texas a little bit later in September. Still feel good about Indiana's chances there, or maybe have things changed as we head down the stretch for Liam McNeely? I don't think anything's changed. Um, Obviously, the Indiana visit was known. The other two weren't known publicly, but I don't think they just came out of nowhere. Um... Obviously, there's when you're in the mix for these high-level recruits, it's not just going to be they visit one school and they're yours. I mean, that's more of the exception than the rule. I mean, if you want to get the best players, you're going to have to fight off Kansas. You're going to have to fight off Texas. And in the case of McNeely, that, that's going to be the case. And when you look at somebody like Derek Queen, it's going to be Kansas and uh, Maryland, Houston. Those are the schools that are after these guys, and so, I mean, Indiana is no stranger to winning these recruitments. I mean, they got Jalen Huchifino, they got Malik Renew, they got Tamar Bates, they got uh, Mackenzie Mbako. I mean, he visited Kansas prior to visiting Indiana. They ended up with him. So, well, where's another one? Out of the transfer portal, he was one of the most coveted guys that were able to win that recruitment. I mean, when you're in, you know, the highest levels of college basketball recruiting, you're going to have to beat out the best programs it just comes with the territory i mean you can probably operate and you know recruiting three stars and if you're in indiana you're going to get most all of them but if you want the top dogs you're going to have to beat out the best programs and you're not going to win every one you can do a really good job on any recruitment coming second place but people are going to remember the ones that you do get and mike woodson's landed his fair share so far and i think uh, just based on his track record so far that he'll at least get a couple uh this spring or this, this fall excuse me Alex Bozich inside the hall. You can read Alex's work at insidethehall.com. You can follow him on social media at inside the hall. Alex, the season is getting closer. It's going to be September 1st tomorrow to wrap up the week on Friday. And we're, what, a month and a half or just a little over that away from Hoosier hysteria. So the season is going to be here soon. One of my favorite things about this time of year is the college basketball preview stuff that comes out. And it's not like it was back when you and I were students at New Albany High School. You relied heavily on magazines and things like that. So much of it is digital now. But uh, it's fun to look at preseason predictions from different people when it comes to the Big Ten Conference. And I know that you and I, occasionally in the offseason, we visit the conference and take a look at your thoughts for the upcoming season. But as we get closer and preseason polls and rankings begin to come out, it seems like a lot of people are going with Purdue this year. Yeah, hard to hard to debate that too. I mean, it's, it's easy to remember 
uh, what their, their most recent game, which was uh, obviously an embarrassing loss in the tournament to a 16 seed, but can't forget the fact that they uh, they pretty much ran the Big Ten last season in the regular season, and uh, besides Brandon Newman, everybody notable is back from that team, including Zach Eady, the reigning national player of the year. So, uh, you know my opinion on Matt Painter. Matt, I think you share the same feeling. Um, he's one of the, as much as Indiana fans may not want to hear this, he's one of the good guys in the sport. I think he does an excellent job with that program. Um, and I think he's going to have them right back in the mix again for the Big Ten. And, you know, if I had to cast the preseason ballot in the Big Ten, he would, they would definitely be at the, at the top of the list. And, um, it's beyond that, I think Michigan State's probably going to be in the two, two slots entering the season. And then I think after that is where it gets pretty interesting. So, yeah, you, you know, I like to follow Bart Torvik a lot in the preseason for his projections. Obviously, Ken Palm and his rankings come out. And we're going to have, you know, there's, there's still, I think, one preseason magazine that comes out, Lindy's, which just does a pretty good job every year. And then obviously you've got the Field of 68 doing the Almanac, which is a good digital publication. And obviously the Blue Ribbon Yearbook, which I've been reading since I was a kid when it was just available in the print version, now you can get the digital version. I mean, if you're a college basketball junkie, and like I am, um, September is a, is a huge month because you get all these projections coming out, and you really start to think about rosters and uh, breaking down the season that's coming up. So it's, a lot of people think of September as, well, college football starting. I look at it as, well, you know, college basketball is just around the corner. We're going to start getting a lot of these projections and, I just I can't wait to get my hands on things like that and start to look at you know different notes what coaches are saying about their teams. You start to look at some of the non-conference opponents that Indiana's going to play. You start to look at some of the other Big Ten teams, and you have a team like Michigan right now, I think, which is like twelfth of the fourteen Big Ten teams in Bart Torvik. I mean, is Michigan really going to be that bad? If Michigan's the twelfth best team in the Big Ten next year, I think it's a pretty good league. So, just a lot of different storylines, and I think there's a ton of excitement. Uh, leading into the season as there always is. Absolutely. Alex Bozich inside the hall. This segment brought to you by Todd Coleman's Classic Furniture. Alex, thanks, and we'll talk with you next week. Absolutely, Matt. Thanks. Always appreciate it. All right. We will head to a commercial break. We'll come back with Mark Riley, former tennis coach at Jeffersonville High School, all-around good guy here in southern Indiana sports. The Mark Riley Tennis Center is a beautiful thing to see. If you haven't checked it out at Jeffersonville High School, do so, but Coach Riley will join us next to talk all about it and much more. Stay with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. We're back on this Thursday edition of the program. Very special guest with us to close out our Thursday show. Longtime former Jeffersonville High School tennis coach Mark Riley is with us. And uh, Coach Riley, the girls and boys coaches for a number of years at Jeffersonville High School, 33 sectional championships, seven regional titles, 
three semi-state championships and two Final Four appearances collectively for the tennis teams that he coached over the years at Jeffersonville. Former district and state coach of the year and now the brand new Jeffersonville tennis facility that is first class bears his name. It's the Mark Riley Tennis Facility at Jeffersonville High School. Coach Riley with us right now. Coach, congratulations on a great facility and a first class honor. Oh, thanks, man. It's such a blessing to have this facility here at, uh, in this southern Indiana area where already we have uh, lots of kids from other schools uh, coming in our summer workouts. And so hopefully everybody can uh, get a little share of it and hit a lot of tennis balls. Well, I know that the Jeff tennis teams will be better because of this facility, uh, but as you mentioned, you've already hosted some tournaments there. I know there's plans for a lot of other events that benefit tennis overall in the area. I saw it with you on Monday night, and I can't say that I've toured a lot of extremely nice tennis facilities over the year to compare it to, but can you kind of give us a rundown? Everything just seems so fresh, so professional. Um, there's an upper level for viewing by parents and fans, and the color scheme is great. All the details, all the way down to the small signage, it all's been done the right way. Yeah, you can definitely say they did it the right way. And who would think that the tennis team would have their own locker room? You know, we got the 60 lockers, and even in the locker room, we have branding done, you know, with Jeff Tennis, and there's a big, huge tennis ball in there with a the flame. Uh, then we've got the portico, which is a 50-foot by 40-foot area um, where we're going to have picnic tables where you can just relax uh, if you're taking a break from the, from the, from the game on the court. Um, then you go upstairs where there's um, viewing. We've got five windows on each side, total of ten windows where the windows open up. It can become an open air, a deck area. Um, eventually, believe it or not, once the pool comes in, we'll have cameras mounted on the building where you're, we'll have six courts where if you're in Chicago and you want to watch your nephew play, you can pull that up and be able to watch him play a match. So just it's just amazing. Again, I would never dream that we're going to have this type of facility. And um, so such a blessing. And Coach Riley, I think this all got started when the new natatorium that is coming soon or being worked on soon at Jeff High School, that's going to go where the old tennis complex was and forced a relocation of the tennis facilities, which created the Mark Riley Tennis Center. Is that correct? Yes. What originally had happened, uh, they're wanting to build a new pool, which we're in desperate need of a new pool. Um, we just had uh, six lanes, and they were short lanes, and for us to have a, a nice pool. But they wanted to connect the pool to the school and have it there close. You know, So if kids are in PE or uh, just need to hop over. And so they wanted to use our tennis court uh, we had 10 tennis courts there, and they when the, we needed to redo those courts. It had been 30 years since they put those courts down, um, and so they needed re-blacktopping. And so they ended up just asking, hey, can we go ahead and move this facility over uh, to the football field? Uh, once we got turf on the football field, it allowed that space where we used to practice football to open up so now they can practice right out on the turf. 
So it's just um, been one domino after another to make it all happen. And it's just a beautiful facility. You know, with, we got uh, little devils between the courts, uh, painted on the courts. We got a big red devil tennis um, windscreen. You know, you can see red devil tennis. Our, we have four hitting boards, and both, all four of those hitting boards have been branded. Um, it's just, uh, we had um, eight teams come in the other day with around 147 players. And these coaches are from all over the state, and they just were just uh, amazed at uh, the type of facility that we have uh, compared to everybody else and where they've gone to see tennis played. Yeah, great stuff. Mark Riley, former Jeff tennis coach, my guest. The Mark Riley Tennis Complex now open uh, at Jeffersonville High School. You know, Coach, we talk a lot on a daily basis on this show about basketball and volleyball and baseball and some of the sports in the area that have been really, really good for Southern Indiana where we've had state champions and and teams make deep runs into the tournament. What, What do you think the state of tennis has been here over your time and even today? I think our area, Clark and Floyd Counties, has a good reputation when it comes to high school tennis. Yeah, the athletes are here. Back even in 1971, New Albany won the first state title. And uh, Ray Briscoe, I don't know how many people remember that name on the radio here, but he was a, a, a single state champion. Um, and then the Welchers came along at uh, Clarksville, where uh, they won um, a double tournament, a double state championship together, and then a single state uh, uh, tournament with Tiffany. And then um, you had Holly Trinkle from Providence. Like she won the state championship uh, in the in the women's event. So just the talent here is just a matter of getting the facilities out there where kids can play a little more than just during season and in the summer. It needs to be a pretty much a long term commitment. Uh, We've got one girl who does uh, swimming and tennis, what works out well. Uh, but they just got to be working on their body, like, all year round, becoming a better athlete. But we got them here. It's just a matter of, like I said, getting them on the court. Mark Riley, Jeffersonville, uh, the tennis complex named in his honor. Now, for somebody listening today in Jeff or around Jeff that, that wants to be a little nosy and get out and see this facility that we're both bragging on today, it's open at this point where people can they can drive up to it and, and walk through portions of it, I believe. And it, it is a facility that's basically open to the public as well. Is that correct? Yes. When we first uh, built this thing and started talking about it, we really wanted it open to the public. Uh, as as the coach, a lot of times that's where you recruit. You know, I'm out there um, hitting some tennis balls, and then a, an eight-year-old comes up trying to hit with his dad. And just a good way to connect. Um, also, the if anybody wants to, there's um, the lights are on till ten o'clock at night, and you just hit this button and it lights up the court. And then when there's five minutes left, they stay on for an hour. And after five minutes, this light comes on to let you know you need to hit that button again. And so it's just uh, again open to the public, which is nice. I just hate would hate to close it. Um, you know, kids just need their hours. A lot of times our kids will play in the morning before school, and then they're playing again after school. And then uh, even on those hot days when it's uh, you got the night time, they can play under the light. 
Absolutely. Well, Coach, I want to congratulate you on this wonderful honor. I've had a chance in the last year or so to get to know you, and it's uh, wonderful to see your name on this facility. So before we talk a little pickleball, if that's okay, before we go, I do want to congratulate you once again on this honor. Oh, thanks. It's just a blessing. Absolutely. Coach, uh, pickleball, it's taking over the country, and it seems to be very strong in this area. Uh, I guess with your tennis background, it was a natural for you to play that and get involved in that. Uh, can you believe how this thing is exploding even locally? It's just a it's a great sport because the ball is a neutralizer, and what that means if you have like a high level player and a medium level player, they can still compete pretty well and get rallies going. Um, you know, my wife and I we were asked to come play two years ago uh, with another couple and my wife and I wouldn't be able to go out and play tennis uh, together. Uh, but this pickleball thing, she can pick up and rally and, and I'm able to do that. I was injured. So I've got a wrist injury. I can teach tennis, but it's hard for me to play. So just to be able to get out on the court and compete like I used to kind of brings back the old tennis days uh, when I was uh, competing in USDA tournaments. And just so healthy, they talked to, I was looking at, a, there was a study on uh, Netflix uh, the other night I saw where uh, I lived to be 100, and the pickleball was the first sport that they brought up uh, on there. It just uh, allows you to get that aerobic exercise. I'm not one to go out and run, uh, just on my own, uh, but when you're hitting the ball and you're not thinking about it and you're competing, and then plus it's so social. Uh, compared to tennis since you're very close together. Um, so it's been a, a great sport for me to pick up. Yeah, a lot of fun. Mark Riley, my guest. Coach, thanks for coming on to talk about the Jeffersonville Tennis Center with your name on it, a little pickleball as well. We'll connect again soon, but congratulations on the honor. Oh, thanks for this afternoon call, man. You have a good day. Absolutely. Mark Riley, one of the great guys out of Jeff. Great guy involved with Southern Indiana tennis and sports over the years. It's an honor uh, to have him on with us today. Have a great Thursday. No show tomorrow. So we'll be back with you Monday, actually Tuesday, because of the holiday weekend. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. <laughs>